Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. A lot of twos going on, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, the blueprint for liberty is the supreme law of the land. That is our guide, the Constitution for the United States of America. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips, that is the checks and balances. We all, we're also convinced that we reject revolution and we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Revolutions don't turn out very well. The United States was a unique moment in history like no other. Uh, and because of the hard work the founding fathers put in, the blood, the sweat, the tears, their fortunes, their sacred honors, their very lives, we don't need a revolution, folks. We have the seeds for solution, if you will, is the way I like to say it. We can return to the principles of a constitutional republic. Uh, we have the solutions. All we got to do is turn to God Almighty, turn to family, and then use the checks and balances that made America great. We can and indeed will do it again. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had on two guests, Chris Carlson, uh, and he always says this, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight, and we had a discussion of all things liberty. Our second guest is Dr. Scott Bradley, a well-known Ph.D. on uh, the Constitution and all things political, if you will. And Dr. Scott Bradley has a goal to preserve the nation. It's his lifelong goal, and he has a collegiate series, books and lectures, all in a package for homeschoolers and more, called To Preserve the Nation. You want to learn about it? FreedomsRisingSun.com is where you go for that. That's FreedomsRisingSun.com. And we had a two-hour great, great show yesterday. All right? We talked about let's review the Lord's blessings on the head of Joseph. The Jews get an honorable mention. Uh, again, this is not an attack on Jews uh, there is Jewish power and influence. There's no doubt about it, folks. But let's be very clear. This is not an attack on any of the 12 tribes of Israel. Rather, it's a biblical account, a highlighting of who's who and what's what. And there were promised blessings to all 12 tribes. We talked specifically about another confirmation of the tribe of Joseph's birthright. Blessing through the loins of Ephraim can be found in the book of Jeremiah, if you will. I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Do you know why Reuben's birthright was taken from him and given to Joseph? Interesting question, huh? The name of Joseph and his lineage through Ephraim plays a prominent role in world history is the point. Even though these 12 tribes have been lost in history, they have not been lost to the Lord at all, ladies and gentlemen. They have not been lost to the knowledge of God. The blessings of each one is already realized from prophecy and or will be fulfilled in the future in God's own due time. We talked about why do our Christian leaders tell us that we're merely Gentiles, but modern Jews are God's chosen people? 
You know what, ladies and gentlemen, we've been deceived on this. The truth is all peoples who turn to Christianity, the Judeo-Christian principles of our nation, are blessed. We do not blame anybody for what foolish Christians are deceived about. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully, the fact is hundreds of millions of people living in the world today are literal genetic descendants of Abraham. Okay? Second hour, we talked about this in relation to the greatest country on the face of the earth with Dr. Scott Bradley. We talked about the Abrahamic covenant, a blessing for all people. Gospel covenants bring gospel blessings. Our founding fathers believed devoutly that there was a God and that the inalienable rights of man were rooted not in the state, that's right, not in the legislature, nor in any other human power, but in God Almighty. God Almighty alone was the author of our liberty. Our founding fathers understood the covenant of the promised land, that if we keep the commandments of God, we're blessed on the land, and if we don't, we're in serious trouble. God's laws, folks, are higher than man's laws. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. America, ladies and gentlemen, is still indeed a covenant land. All right, and that covenant, by the way, let's be very clear, is for all peoples, the children of God. And what, it, what is required is to keep God's commandments. It's not here to double down and, and focus on the details of theology. That's not the point. The point is those who keep the commandments of God, primarily the Ten Commandments, are in great shape, and those who don't simply lose their liberty. Where are we today is the real question, and what is our personal responsibilities? Uh, you know, a lot of the folks are going to take uh, statements out of our two-hour broadcast yesterday and say that we attacked the Jews or say that we did this or that. Let me be very clear. We're attacking no one. We're merely highlighting that God's children include every single one of us. And God's promises to every single one of us are true and real and available to us now. And the message from the Bible is simple. Obey me and get blessed, says God. Disobey me, you'll lose the blessing. Okay, this isn't debatable. This isn't an attack on anyone. This is a fundamental reality that our founding fathers understood. All right, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, brighteonradio.com. That's where you can find all the broadcasts and the archives of the shows and everything else. Spread the word, download, share them, live and on demand, free at your fingertips. At lovingliberty.net, you've got an iPhone and an Android app you can download as well to make it easier to listen live and on demand uh, as well. So check all that out. And news the networks refuse to use today starts now. We've got a fantastic guest today, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Dale Hutchinson. And he says uh, on his podcast, we are here to inform the public and you about how our history is affecting us today. I love it. His website is coffeetimeagain.com. Guy loves coffee. He got his coffee this morning, so he's ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Coffee Time Again. It's coffee-time-again.com is his website. And a little biography on Dale that's kind of fascinating. He says, I've got 15 published podcasts, audio only at this point. I am a 71-year-old. I've been a lifelong conservative. I'm a history buff with no time to research anymore except for the topics that I've, that I've got for my show. 
I can discuss, and then he talks about a bunch of cool topics, which we'll dig into in a minute. He's a Convention of States supporter, which, by the way, I am not. We can agree to disagree on that. And then he's a retired substance abuse counselor of 24 years. He says he's also a retired head chef of 28 years. Wow, that's quite a while. Chef, substance abuse counselor. He says he's also a 32-year friend of Bill W. That's the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, by the way. In plain English, he says, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Yes, I said recovered. Interesting statement as well. We'll dig into it all. Dale, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be you. Uh, you're very welcome. So a couple of quick uh, questions. What do you think of the uh, previous broadcast yesterday and the summary of blessings for all uh, through God's uh, commandments? Any, any comments on that? Except for the fact I agree with you. Uh, it's wonderful. I'm a, a very devout Christian. I am an Episcopalian and attend church here in Denver. And uh, I agree with what you're saying, especially about Joseph. I'm not that familiar with the Old Testament as Jeremiah especially, but I do know that uh, you're right about that in our Constitution, our Founding Fathers. One of my podcasts is about that, uh, Founding Fathers and and uh, not just religion, but the uh, Constitution. So I'm a big constitutionalist as well. All right. I love it. <clears throat> Before we get into a lot of the topics, I know you are a Convention of the States supporter, and I personally think the con-con's a con. I don't think it's the best way to go. I think it'll just open us up to trouble. Uh, but I don't I don't bring guests on, debate them, and argue with them, and show you know who can best who. I, I bring it up as uh, because I feel differently about it, and a lot of my listeners know that. Uh, but I, I want to give you a chance, though. What do you believe... Uh, is the value of a constitutional convention. What do you think, or what do you hope to accomplish? What I hope to accomplish is to add an amendment, to, actually about two amendments to the Constitution, one of them being term limits for the members of Congress and federal workers, and another one is a balanced budget amendment. The two things that I most, most strongly support about a constitutional convention. There's a lot of organizations out there that do uh, supporting constitutional conventions. I just happen to support constitutional convention of states. And it's okay yeah, if you there, don't support them. That's fine. Yeah, there's no doubt there's a lot of people that are supporting a constitutional convention, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, you know, I understand the desire and agree with the desire to balance the budget. I mean, it needs to be done. Uh, I also agree with the idea that, hey, we have got to somehow change the game when it comes to politicians and how long huh, these people can stay in power. When you talk about federal workers, who comes to mind first is Anthony Fauci. That guy's in there as long <laughs> as I've been alive and he's nothing but a disaster. Amen. So Dale's got a valid point on that reality check. Dale Hutchinson with us, ladies and gentlemen. He's a podcaster, a conservative. His website's Coffee Time Again with dashes. Coffee-time-again.com. We'll talk more in seconds with Dale Hutchinson on Liberty Roundtable Live. Can a nation conceived in liberty 
carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dale Hutchinson riding shotgun on the show today. He says, we are here to inform the public and you about how history is affecting us today. His website, coffee-time-again.com. And Dale, we're talking about a constitutional convention. Dale's for one. I'm against one. But ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to demonstrate right now on the radio how we can agree to disagree agreeably. Okay, look, Dale can make his points. I can make a couple of points so you know where we stand and why. Then you can take away from that your own views. Imagine a media like that, huh? You got to dig it. So, Dale, you were saying you want a constitutional convention primarily because you want a balanced budget. And you want these politicians and these government workers that have been there for eons and a six year. And you can't get rid of these suckers. I mean, it would take a block and tackle to get them out. Uh, And that's a really uh, problem. And I mentioned right before the break, (laughs) Anthony Fauci comes to mind, sir. Yeah, he comes to my mind in a, in a lot of different situations, like goodbye would be one word I'd love to say to him, and that's about it. <laughs> Amen to goodbye. that. But you're you're right on some of the points. Um, I understand the desires that you have. <clears throat> I believe we already have amendments to the Constitution that are already in place that we're not obeying. Uh, for example, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and right on through the first ten are under threat like never before. Uh, that doesn't stop the bureaucrats and professional do-gooders from trying to steal our rights. So I don't think another amendment, for example, to balance the budget is going to help. It was never intended for the states to be receiving federal government money in the first place. And as long as you have that um, lean on crutch, it's kind of like, you know, dad, shut up and give me the car keys kind of an idea. 
uh, idea. What we need to do is really just get the federal government <clears throat> to live within its means, to carry its constitutional mandate forward. Um, and they're not really supposed to be giving money to the states at all in the first place. And so really the checks and balances and really the principles that made America great, we need to return to those. A constitutional convention um, may or may not get a, a budget amendment passed, but even if we do get it passed, I'm not sure they'll even obey it. They'll just find ways around it. I look at the debt ceiling to make the point. And hey, all they do is raise the debt ceiling. What good's the ceiling if you keep raising it, raising it, raising it? I mean, uh, on, on one hand, the sky's not falling. The sky's just going up and up and up and up and up forevermore. So, you know, the, the truth is that the checks and balances are the only key to rein these people in. And until we, the people, truly insist on them by demanding that our states quit taking government money, that we quit getting on the dole, that we quit upsetting this balance of power, unless there's enough people to get involved, I don't, I don't think we stand a prayer no matter what law we put in place. Uh, so anyway, that just a thought. I'll let you respond because I don't want to have the, the last word necessarily. But I'm not convinced that a constitutional convention can stay within the rails of, of how we intend. And I'm not sure that we'll accomplish what we hope to uh, is really the problem. Your, your final thoughts on that? My final thoughts is you make a lot of good points, and I agree with most of them. My, I did a, a, audio product, a video podcast actually on a gentleman who has a fantastic idea on how to go back to our back checks and balances by returning, getting the... K, K Street money out of politics and the PAC money's out of politics and he's got a great idea how to do it. If you listen to that podcast, you'll get get the idea. The particular one I'm talking about is named Doug Hughes, Interview with Douglas Hughes. And that's my final word because I agree with you and a lot of what you're saying. And, and I agree with the points that, you know, hey, we got, how are we going to rein these things in? And I say simple return to the principles that made America great. If Americans literally vote, and demand vote accountability and vote accuracy uh, and prevent vote fraud on a precinct, the, lo the most local level among us, you know, we can bring back the vote. And if people vote, they're already term limited. The only problem that we have is the checks and balances aren't working because Americans aren't engaged. They think somebody else can take the heat and that'll never work. If you expect to be ignorant and free, uh, you expect what never was and never will be. Uh, the founder said you have a republic. If you can keep it, you cannot jettison our responsibility at the table of liberty and then expect liberty to work well that never happens but if you want to check out that interview uh, that dale did with doug uh coffee-time-again.com uh, to check that out all right so i never like to ignore issues with a guest that we may disagree on because i believe it's a demonstration of how you know what we the people can talk about these things we can make points we can learn from one another uh, imagine if we were to do something like that <clears throat> It's something that we really need to consider in the public forum of ideas. Now, you said that you were a chef. Tell me about that. That's fascinating. 28 years, head chef. What kind of food? What, what's the deal with that? Well, I started out when I was 14, working in a restaurant, peeling potatoes and scrubbing dishes. And over the course of the next 28 years, I worked my way up to head chef. Or in, in a couple of restaurants, I managed a couple of restaurants. It was a ministry. My main food is barbecue and American steaks, American type food, comfort food for one, but just about anything. And I don't do a lot. Of, I do a good Italian spaghetti sauce, but that's about it as far as ethnic food is concerned. And maybe a chili, but I uh, worked in different, all kinds of restaurants over the years. I've worked in steakhouses, I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in places, uh, corporate restaurants, which I detested working for corporations. And uh, retired when I quit drinking, I've discovered I couldn't stay sober, 
and work in restaurants anymore, so I became a drug and alcohol counselor for the next 24 years. All right, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, as you moved up the restaurant industry, you get intimately familiar with every aspect of being a head chef of a restaurant. And what were the lessons learned? And the reason that I asked this question is because, you know, your podcast, coffee-time-again.com, it, it talks about the conservative politics of the day, certainly. But it's also a historical discussion about um, you know, history and wh where we're finding ourselves today and the lessons learned. It's not just a political podcast. You have some very unique shows. Uh, what were the lessons learned as you were a chef and worked your way up all that time? What were the takeaways for you? The major takeaway for me in working is in management was people management, people skills, dealing with people, you know, and, and treating them properly, treating them right and getting things done in their benefit, not just the bottom line of the particular restaurant I was working in, which if you treat the people right, you're going to affect the bottom line, possibly. And I found that out the hard way over the years. It took me many years to learn how the yelling and screaming didn't work anymore with people. you got to treat them nice, you got to be kind, and you got to talk to them privately. And that's the biggest takeaway I had, and the other one I had is budgeting skills because you, you you work with a budget when you're working with food in a kitchen you're working with people budgets you're working with food budgets you're working with cleaning budgets and you've got to reconsider all three of them together and keep the food cost down and the employee cost down and the cleaning cost down keep all this stuff within reason so you can have a bottom line Wow, how do we teach head chef politics to bureaucrats and professional do-gooders all over the country? That's what we need done. <laughs> Put them in a restaurant, let them peel potatoes and scrub dishes for a while. That'll teach them. That ought to learn them, right? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Anyway, so you, you started to drink as you were a chef and you became an alcoholic, right? No, I started drinking long before I became a cook. I was drinking when I was seven. Oh, boy. That didn't turn out very well, did it? No, it didn't. And I drank away my career as a chef. I drank away my marriage and my kids. And I've been sober for 32 years now. I'll be 33 in June, but 32 years now. And I've learned a lot over those years about my drinking and, and alcoholism. You know, being a counselor for a long time also increased my knowledge, but it increased my personal knowledge of myself, of who I am as a human being. I discovered over the years, but both with being sober and one of the and working with God and Jesus, I've learned an awful lot that a few real good therapists have gotten me over this. All right, let's talk about it. You say you lost your marriage. Yeah. It interfered uh, with I, your kids. It interfered yeah. with your job. It, it. What do they say? At some point, you hit rock bottom, right? Oh yeah, and I don't know, I hit my rock bottom in June of 89, and I woke up in detox, I don't know, I've been unconscious for 30 hours, without going into the longest sort of details, but I've been unconscious for 30 hours, when I woke up, I told the person taking my blood pressure, that's it, I'm done, I haven't had a drink since, or a drug since, and my only, my only way of knowing about it is God hit me with a 2 by 4 while I was unconscious, and boy, you're done. Is the only way I can explain that. So you're saying to me that God is the key for starters. There's a whole lot more to that, which we'll get into as the broadcast unfolds. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, as my former guest yesterday said, without God, hey, there's no liberty or freedom. 
We're not going to win. Right. With God, we're never going to lose. You're always going right. to win, ladies and gentlemen. And believe it or not, uh, you mentioned Bill W., the founder of, of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, you know, that's one of the key tenets is that you've got to turn to a higher power. We're not going to get into the keys to theology, ladies and gentlemen. But got to turn to a higher power if you want success. And that power ain't government. Dale Hutchinson with us, ladies and gentlemen. Coffee-time-again.com is his website with podcasts and a whole lot more. Check that out. When we come back, we'll talk more about how he recovered. A very interesting term because they say alcoholics never recover, right? We'll talk about it. Lots to talk about that and an addict and a whole lot more on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Winter weather is still affecting the east as for the second weekend in a row, a huge winter storm has rolled its way through the Carolinas. John Millwood is a Clinton, South Carolina resident who says he's never seen the region get that kind of winter weather before. Very unusual. Very unusual. Like I said, I'm 54 and I've never seen weather like this in quite a long time. Federal authorities officially declaring last week's hostage standoff at a Texas synagogue an act of terrorism. The assistant to the president for Homeland Security, Jill Sanborn, says the FBI is treating that standoff as an act of terrorism that targeted the Jewish community. Sanborn made the comment yesterday on a conference call with reporters. Malik Akram last week took four people hostage at Congregation Beth Israel near Fort Worth before he was fatally shot by law enforcement. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. It's really fantastic. You know, pretty active sports-wise, and no muscle strains. I get up in the morning, like no stiff back, nothing. I never get sick. I mean, literally, never get sick. And if I feel like there's a little something coming on, I'll take like a mega dose. Next day, it's gone. I mean, just my overall health is fantastic. And I, I plan on continue taking this because I'm convinced that it absolutely contributes to your well-being, to your health. It's keeping you healthy. Let your body do what it's supposed to do. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The U.S. Supreme Court says it will revisit a 2020 decision concerning a native land dispute in Oklahoma. Reports are justices will consider limiting the court's decision in McGirt v. Oklahoma, which ruled that a large part of that state's eastern region was an Indian reservation. While they said that they won't overturn the ruling, the justices said they will look at the state's ability to prosecute crimes that happen on native land, and the case will be argued in April. A story labeled Truck Full of Monkeys, Pennsylvania authorities are searching for loose primates after a dump truck collided with a truck full of monkeys. No human injuries reported after the truck that was carrying about 100 monkeys crashed on Route 54 in Montour County on Friday night. Troopers say at least three of the animals got loose after the crash, and they're still at large. Reports are that truck was on its way to an area laboratory before the collision. This is USA Radio News. 
nagging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Dale Hutchinson, my guest, coffee-time-again.com. His website, he's a chef. He was a uh, abuse counselor for a long time. And uh, we're digging into this a little bit. He was an alcoholic and couldn't quit. Woke up in detox. God hit him over the head and said, that's, that's it. He's been 30 plus years sober. Uh, but he uses some very interesting terms for those of you who are uh, familiar with alcohol and chemical abuse and everything else. He says, how is an addict different from an alcoholic? And what is meant by recovered? He says he's recovered. Alcoholics never use that term. Why would a counselor with so much experience use those terms? Maybe Dale knows something the rest of they all don't know. Is that a term? The rest of them don't know? The rest of they all? <laughs> the industry uh, certainly has terms and viewpoints that are that are pretty stuck in the mud oftentimes. Uh, Dale, you're saying that it's a little different than uh, the normal teaching, right? Being a recovered alcoholic or addict, because I don't think there's any difference between alcoholics and addicts except the drug they're using. The consequences of physical health and mental health and your lifestyle and your life itself, it's all the same. It's just the difference between the drugs you're using. It doesn't make any difference because alcohol is just another drug. As for being recovered, it's more of an attitude. And it says in the big book, in Bill's story, we are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of body and mind. So that's what I base that on, is that statement of Bill W., co-founder of AA, in his own story, when he's writing on the very front page, the very first page, about the eighth paragraph, I believe, and it talks about being a recovered addict, and it's an attitude, in my opinion. It doesn't matter how many years you can be a recovered addict and only have five years if you've got the right attitude. And my attitude is, get through. Do I need it? No. Do I want it? No. Who cares? Let's not even worry about it. Let's move on to the next topic. Now, I'm not saying that's what we need to do here, but I'm just saying that's the way I feel. So God talks about recovered. God talks about repentance. God talks about change. God is the key element in the 12-step plan uh, in Alcoholics uh, Anonymous. Uh, the reason that they use addict versus alcoholic is because they're trying to, at least in the past, they've tried to make you believe that because alcohol is legal, uh, it's in a different state than the addicts who are illegally doing substances. They separated that from the, quote, legal prescriptions they were considered neither back in the day. We're learning very quickly that all of that minutia uh, is not honest. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, an alcoholic, an addict, whether it be uh, you know video games, sex, drugs, alcohol, it's all the same. The bottom line is it's an addiction that you lose your control over your life because of that addiction. And the real important takeaway that I think Dale's trying to get at here is you got to turn it over to God. And until you do, you probably are not going to be able to conquer. Is that accurate, Dale? That's very accurate. The second step in the AA program is, without getting into all the details, is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Well, the secret to that second step is every that entire sentence in the past tense. 
So when All you right. do the first step, you've got the second step, and that means you've been restored to your sanity. That means you can and sh could recover if you choose to. Now let me ask you, what was the difference then? You tried to quit, tried to deal with this, wrestled with that for a long time. I know you woke up uh, in the rehab and, uh, you know, detox, and you felt like God had hit you over the head. But do you know what the fundamental change was? Is it something God did for you? How much is God versus how much is commitment and, and understanding of choices? Uh, give me the breakdown on that in your view. It's a choice to drink. It's a choice to use, even if you're an addict. If you don't take that first drunk, first drink, you're not going to get drunk. It's just that simple. You choose to take the first use. If you don't make that choice, you're not going to get high. You're not going to get drunk. But you've got to work with God very closely. There's, I mean, it's all throughout the 12-step programs that God is the single most important key to staying sober. He can help you make the right choices. He can do like he did for me. He said, Dale, it's time for you to quit using. You've got other things to do I want you to do. I'm still trying to figure out what he wants me to do now. But he... Um, guided me and led me through until I actually found a church I could attend in 2014, but it, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here today. It just, it's all, it's God. He, he brings me, he doesn't tempt me. God does not test us. God does not test us. We test ourselves. Do you feel like you feel like after you got out of the detox that it was a battle on those choices at first? Was it hard? Did it take self-discipline? Or do you believe yes. God just took it away from you? No, no. I had to work at it. I was in treatment for almost a year and a half here in Denver. I went to a treatment center for 14 days. I went to a halfway house for 70 days. And then another year and another halfway house. And a year, another year working for that halfway house to get to where I am today. It was hard. It was very difficult. I didn't Ladies do it alone, though. Think about that. You cannot do it alone, but there is a coming together of the individual and their specific choices with God and dependence on God helping them make their choices. Sounds like to me you do your very best and you trust God for the rest. Amen. That's what I've been doing. I still do it today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's really important to understand, right? It's really important to understand from a substance abuse counselor for 24 years, literally telling you that, hey, you're not going to make it out alone if you're wrestling with something that's gotten above you to that degree. However, to pretend there's a difference between an addict or an alcoholic, that's all games, words. The truth is, whatever your addiction is, if it's above you, you're going to have to turn to a higher source of authority and power to beat it. And you're going to have to realize there's a lot you have to do. But after all you can do, the grace comes from God. And you cannot do it all by yourself. And you can't just let God do it. You've got to do your part and trust in God that he'll do his. Uh, Dale, final um, you know, message on this topic. You can become a recovered addict if you're willing. It's just that simple. And it's not a matter of how many years you have. It's a matter of your attitude towards it and recovery itself. All right, you ladies and gentlemen. you can get addicted to 12-step meetings. All right. So I bring this up, ladies and gentlemen, 
Remember, Dale's a Convention of States supporter. I am not. But think about this for a minute. You know what? How is an addict different from an alcoholic? We both agree on this, and we both agree where the solutions lie. Okay? What is meant by recovered? What Dale's saying about recovered, ladies and gentlemen, is God talks about recovered. Uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous and some of these other people want to talk about you're always sick, uh, but you can you can be on the bandwagon. You can you can you can be sick for life, but yet you can uh, never engage in the sickness, so to speak. There's a difference in attitude and view, is what Dale's focusing on here. If God says you're recovered. That's different. It's a different viewpoint, isn't it, Dale? Yes, it is. And it's absolutely correct what you said. It is about the attitude. And the, the fact that addicts and alcoholics, there's no difference. It doesn't matter what you're addicted to. And you can get addicted to 12-step Like you were saying there, you can stay stuck in the sickness and, get addicted and go to AA meetings for the next 50 years and still be sick. I'm not sick anymore. I'm recovered. And that's a critical distinction, ladies and gentlemen. I know sometimes people might listen to this and go, Sam, you're just playing games with semantics here or words. No, I'm not. I'm talking about where the solutions lie, what you need to do to be part of the solution, and where you need to involve God, a higher power in your life, for solutions. And then understanding what can happen through God. And to say that you're sick forever denies God's power. Even though it's not intended to do that, that's the end result. You're denying that God can heal. And I submit that that isn't true. God can heal. He does and he will. What you got to do is do all that you can do and then trust him. That's very hard for people to do, uh, Dale, but that is the capping key to the solution, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely correct. You're right. 100% right. Without God, you got a very good chance of staying sick. All right, let's apply this to the state of mental health in America because, you know, with COVID, uh, they act like everybody's all healthy and safe because they're, you know, wearing masks or running around not getting vaccinated or staying home or social distancing or whatever they're doing. But you know what? This last two years has really shown us that um, not only has it furthered a mental crisis in America, but mental health. In America, really, the state of mental health in America partly has been exposed and partly has been created by the last couple of years. We'll dig into it with Dale in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Hutchinson, my guest. And understand Dale is a convention of the state's supporter. Sam is not. And my headline says, watch us disagree agreeably. Imagine that in America. And I don't mean to keep hammering on our disagreements. The reason that I focus on it so much is in America, we literally have this viewpoint that if we disagree on anything, that man, we just can't be friends. We just can't. We got to just throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're done. You got to stop that, ladies and gentlemen. You got to jettison that notion. Just because we have our own opinions on something, that doesn't mean we can't be fast friends. That doesn't mean we can't work together on 99% of everything else we agree on. We can and we should. Don't let the media make you believe for one second that you can't because they're lying to you. They're taking away our authority and our power of our greater numbers by lying to us. Okay, so I don't mean to focus on that too much, but I want to highlight this critical, important understanding because I believe it directly relates to the mental health of Americans, which is what we're talking about with Dale Hutchinson. Uh, His website, coffee-time-again.com. And he talks about a lot of these topics on his podcast, folks. It's not only political. He talks about history and the relevance and unique, incredible shows uh, that really focus on some misunderstood things in history as he's done with the attic versus alcoholic discussion like he's done by what is meant by recovered uh, what he's done anyway he, he takes on historical uh tidbits that you may not even know about where you go wow that's cool really it it's that kind of stuff on coffee dash time dash again i want to broaden the discussion now from your personal experiences and and your wrestles as you've learned to turn things over to God, Dale, to the nation now. Mental health is serious. And COVID has really exposed a lot of the underbelly of this mental health crisis in America. But it's also uh, added to it, sadly, uh, for many. Many people have turned to alcohol and drugs and addiction and discouragement and suicide. And there's a way out of that, too, isn't there? Yes, there is. And one of the things is God, of course. You've got that. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me for that. One of the things, excuse me, just really quick while Dale goes ahead and gets that squared away. Dale's an older gentleman. He's got some health problems because of his early life and things like that. Uh, But he's soldiering on and he's using his personal, I don't want to say suffering necessarily, but his his challenges in life and mortality or whatever uh, to really kind of highlight 
in an effort to help Americans not have to go through some of the difficult things that he's gone through, in an effort to give Americans who are struggling with maybe a lot of the same issues hope. Isn't that the key? It's about the hope, isn't it, Dale? Yes, it is. But may I say one thing about our uh, Convention of States discussion? Sure, of course. It's, it's, that's part of the government's plan is to keep us separate, to create divisions among us. That keeps them in power, in my opinion. And There's no doubt about that. that. They want us to yeah. not work together on any topic at all. The greater the and divisions you, on every fault line they can find, the more power they gain and the more we lose. Absolutely correct. And we can be, we can disagree. It doesn't mean we're wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong that you disagree with me. It doesn't mean I'm wrong that I disagree with you. And that's part of the mental health issue. There's so many, the stigmatization, well, you're sick. You're, you're defective. And that's, again, part of the government's plan is to keep us down by saying, well, you're sick. You're never... You can get better. You can work. Part of the, the solution is God and getting help. And don't this that stigma, stigmatization to it. Admit it. Admit to yourself and to God. I got a problem, God. Help me find the solution. And God will not only help you himself and do things for you, but he will show you where to find the human help that you need as well. A good, honest a therapist. And you can find them. They're out there. And don't, and my always, I always tell people, if you find a therapist and you don't like them, fire them. That's okay too. Go to the next one until you get one you can work with. And you can yeah, also learn, you can also learn by the way the therapists respond to you uh, if it becomes a uh, I'll just say bitty session, in other words, just a gripe session together, yeah. or if they're really providing guidelines and frameworks to process and work through things in meaningful ways, there's a big difference. And after a visit or two or three or four, you can tell which is which very Amen. easily. Don't get stuck into thinking just because they're the therapist that they're a godlike figure and you must not know. Don't believe that. Your heart and your gut will absolutely let you know. Dale? Absolutely correct on that. And, and as you said, three or four sessions, you'll know exactly what's going on. And, and I'm saying, don't be afraid. They're not, you know, do you know what MD stands for? No, sir. Medical deity. Amen to that. that. We think they're medical deities, don't we? We think they're a godlike yes. figure that they know everything. And they don't, That's folks, right. and they're wrong. You see the rift in the, in the coronavirus discussions, just to make the point. They're all over the map, yeah. just like attorneys. They render opinions and nothing more just because they have a lot of scientific background or a lot of uh, biology background or whatever else i mean that's great but your gut and your heart ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you will not lead you astray uh, if you continue to turn to god uh, as your guide in your quest you will not be deceived long term you might be confused on something here or there uh, as you uh, unwind and detox from the world and from the mental challenges and all that but you can get guidance and you'll know the truth and it'll set you free, Dale. That is absolutely correct. It will set you free, but first you'll make you very miserable. Recovery is not easy. It is painful. I'm not going to lie to you. There's pain involved in recovery for, for mental health issues. But you can, you can work through them the same way you work through the pain of the whatever's triggering the mental issues in the first place. Just stay, find yourself the best therapist you can, and there's 
financial help out there too if you're a veteran they veterans VA despite all its bad policies got some darn good therapists working for them so if you're a yeah, veteran believe it or not I've, I've got a personal dear friend of mine he's got cerebral palsy uh, and he's a mental health counselor for the VA and I'm telling you right now the guy is stellar uh, and he cares literally and that's one of the things that you could tell is this relationship a relationship where they care you can feel the difference if they care and if they don't care. I'm telling you, if you have one that doesn't really care, they're just going through the motions, you got to find another one. you got to find one that truly invests his heart and soul into your success because that's where you learn that you have friends and they care about you. And then as they turn you to God, hey, man, with God and friends, there's nothing you can't beat. And that's really the understanding from therapy that people need to gain. Who can help you process through these things? Oftentimes, people just get stuck on the process. They get stuck on how to how to come out of this, how to gain an understanding that gets them above it. And what a real good counselor will do is help you see things in a different way to help you get above it in your mind and in your heart. And when you do, now you're cooking. Pardon the chef phrase, sir. That's all right. I understand. That's what I use myself. Now you're cooking with gas. However, you're right about that. And the one thing that, that I was going to say, and I just lost it. Oh, man, my mind just went south on me. But you're right. You've got to have God and friends and people and family. If you got any family, if they don't understand, you got some. It's going to take longer, but it's going to get done. And it does take time. It does take time. Therapy is not a fast-acting, fix-all solution. It takes time, and you got to be willing to invest the time in yourself. That's what's important. Is you. You're the important one. You got to remember that you're the one that counts, and all to you. Now, I also want to talk about this uh, serious state of mental health, the state of mental health in America. Folks, you have got to not only get the support, the friendships, the love, but the more time you spend in service to others and service to your God. Uh, in other words, the more you look outside yourself, believe it or not, the more you internally will heal. Service Absolutely. and kindness and love seems contradictory to look outside yourself for healing within yourself. But I'm telling you, from experience, it is the answer. Uh, you got to do that. You've also got to take time for your body, though. You got to have some exercise. You got to have some good nutrition. You got to have plenty of sleep. Most of us in America, because of modern electricity and and uh, entertainment and everything else, are sleep deprived like you wouldn't believe. But you've got to go back to the basics in terms of taking care of yourself. And then you've got to look outside yourself uh, and serve others. Uh, like the the old Bob Dylan song said, you gotta serve somebody. Might be the devil, might be the Lord, but I'm telling you, you're gonna have to serve somebody. That's really another key to the success that people find, Dale. Yes, and I agree with you. I had temporarily forgotten that point that I myself am very service oriented, particularly within my church, and it just does such wonders for me. It make the feel good. When you do something and nobody knows anything about it and you do something for somebody and nobody knows anything about it, you can't believe how good that feels. It feels good, ladies and gentlemen, because it is good. And that's what I mean by your heart and soul can tell the difference of when you're on the track towards healing versus when you're on stuck on stupid or, or frustrated, whether it be a counselor helping you, whether it be a best friend listening to you, uh, whether it be God um, you know that you're talking to in in prayer uh, the comforting feelings of of well-being and safety and stability and comfort will come your way if you're on the right track and if you're still frustrated you got to make a change 
until you start feeling that good. You'll find it in reading the Bible. You'll find it in reading good books. You'll find it in spending time with those who truly have your best interest at heart. When you spend time with people, do you feel stronger, built up, loved, protected, appreciated, or do you feel tear, tore down? You gotta pay attention to that. And every time you're feeling tore down, every time you're feeling frustrated and stuck, you've gotta make some changes because there are loved ones out there. There are friends. God has not abandoned uh, his station lady. He's not the leaving kind is what I'm telling you. And so we need to understand that. And, and we need to pay attention to our heart, our gut, uh, our mind, you know, your head might say no, but you gotta pay attention. Inside you will find some solace. You will find some peace if you're turning to the right places, the right people, the right solutions. If you're really um, getting centered is the term that I would use, you will know it. And if you're not, you'll know it too. Just don't deny it thinking somebody else around you knows more than you because God will guide you through your gut on where you ought to be. And he is, I'm going to say this as the final point of this hour. He is, that is Jesus Christ is the ultimate physician, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear. And he has, uh, he has the mojo others just don't have. Now, others can be supports along the way. I get it. And God puts plenty of them in our path to serve and to be served. No doubt about it. But I'm telling you that he is the ultimate healing physician. It's called the atonement uh, of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Hutchinson is with me. He's going to be with me for both hours, by the way, because we're here to inform the public and you about history and how it's affecting us today. Coffee-time-again is his website. Uh, he's a convention of the state supporter. I am not. So what? What is meant by recovered? We all need to be recovered, ladies and gentlemen. Recovered from this world. Recovered from mortality. We all need the saving, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? All right. We talked about the state of health in America. It's dismal, ladies and gentlemen, because we're not turning to God, family, and country. That's why. But therein lies the solutions. That's why we promote God, family, and country and the protection of life, liberty, and property on this broadcast. Next hour, we're going to dig in with Dale. We're going to talk about what is a constitutional conservative. We're going to talk about human trafficking, education in America, socialism, progressive movement, a whole lot more. We'll do it in seconds. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. This is the broadcast for January the twenty-second in the year of our Lord, two thousand and twenty-two. This is indeed hour two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And man, we have an incredible, special two-hour guest today. His name is Dale Hutchinson, ladies and gentlemen. And his podcast says this, we are here to inform 
the public and you about our history and how it's affecting us today. Check out Dale's podcast, coffee-time-again.com. And it's kind of uh, the idea that we just chat as brothers and sisters, as God's children around the coffee table. And we learn together. And we explore incredible topics together. And man, is it a cool, unique, fascinating learning experience. Last hour with Dale, we talked about, you know, the fact that Dale's a convention of the state supporter. Sam is not. But watch us agree to disagree agreeably. Something we really need to learn more about in America today. I'll tell you that right now. And by the way, I've created a website. It's called uh, callforcivility.com. All spelled out, callforcivility.com. Uh, check it out, ladies and gentlemen. You can sign our, uh, our uh, what do you want to call it, pledge, if you will. Uh, you can learn about our goals to push towards civility in America. Because I'm telling you right now, uh, divided we all fall. Okay, we've got to set aside any little differences we may have and work with those who we agree with. Hey, Dale and I don't agree on the state convention, but we understand each other's point of view. First, you got to learn to listen and then understand before you try to make your points. And then when you make your points, understand that people can think for themselves. I agree with the points Dale's making and he agrees with the points that I'm making. We still feel as we do, though, just because we're not changing our opinions on the matter. We can seek to gain understanding is the key here, folks. All right. We then talked to Dale about his personal battle with alcoholism. And ultimately, he is now recovered. A term in the Bible, a term that God gives as he helps all of us through mortality and through this life. Okay. How is an addict different than an alcoholic? Dale says there's no difference. I agree. What is meant by recovered? Well, God talks about the healing that only he can provide. We talked about the state of mental health in America and pointed to real solutions last hour. This hour, we're going to talk about a lot more, ladies and gentlemen. Dale Hutchinson, welcome back, my friend. And you asked this question, what is a constitutional conservative? Good question. People are debating that till the cows come home. Uh, but we can uh, add our two cents, right? Yes, we can. And thank you for having me back for the second hour. I'm, having, I'm enjoying it. A constitutional conservative conservative is someone who believes strongly in the Constitution, believes that it is able to be changed if need be, and it is the whole reason we have the United States of America. It's the Constitution, it's the glue that holds our country together and we're messing with it. That's our, by, the Congress has to have a constitutional reason to pass a law. And the one they use most often is the Eighth Amendment dealing with, not the Eighth Amendment, the Eighth Article, Article 8, dealing with commerce. And you tell me how some of the things Congress passes has anything to do with interstate commerce. Well, That's it doesn't. It doesn't. And you got to say this, if you're talking about a constitutional conservative, you might say it's just the simple rejection of socialism and the progressive movement. Amen. That's a starting point, but is there more? Not really. When you're talking about the progressive and the left, that all started with Woodrow Wilson, but we won't go into him. It's so we, He's one of our worst presidents ever. Um, but the progressive movement and the left, there isn't a lot of difference. And then in my opinion, there's not a whole lot of difference between the right or the left, the Republicans or the Democrats, in my opinion. Between them constitutionalist. There's a constitution party in Colorado, 
I haven't joined yet, but I'm going to be going to before the next election. So I can vote my conscience and vote the way I believe. Instead of having the only the two, there's more than two choices. There's more than Democrats, more than Demo Republicans. So look at your state and see if they got a constitution party and join it. Along with God, we can't survive this country. Or save this country, I meant to say. Amen to that. Uh, I would say this, though. What is a constitutional conservative? Is it simply the rejection of socialism and the progressive movement? I say that it's more. And I'll tell you what I would call a constitutional conservative. Uh, there's a difference between a constitutional conservative and just a conservative, by the way. Uh, a conservative yes. just has a different viewpoint than the socialists and the communists and everything else. But a constitutional conservative looks, and this is what the Founding Fathers really brought to the table, uh, that it really uh, in history had not been tried or done before, and that is simply this. There is a greater source of authority and power outside of ourselves that is not government. And they understood this. They didn't break down the keys to theology. They didn't argue about semantics of religion. But they understood that the Judeo-Christian values were the key to success. And they looked to God. The founders said, hey, if a sparrow, you know, can't fall without God's notice, can we expect the nation to rise without his aid? And the answer was clearly no. And they understood that there's a source of power greater than us as individuals, greater than government, that we can look to for, uh, you could say, religiously salvation, or you could say from a country point of view, for success in this incredible balance between tyranny and liberty. How do you get that balance? Too much liberty creates anarchy. Too much tyranny, okay, how do you get that balance? And the proper role of constitutional government, biblically ordained with checks and balances, looking to God rather than government is the answer. So I would say that a constitutional conservative is someone who looks to God, not government, for answers. It looks to God for guidance and instruction rather than government. You can have the Ten Commandments or the Ten Gazillion Commandments. Which will it be? A constitutional conservative looks to those checks and balances, looks to that God-ordained proper role of government. That would be my response, Dale. Well, I think it's a good response because that's pretty much the way I feel, is without God in, in our country. I mean, starting with our president all the way down to the page in the Senate, we've got to have God. We've got to... to, to to just pray and serve God and do as he requests because he tells us what we need to do I can get and he also helps us in amazing uncompromising ways that are just absolutely incredible so we've, I think you're right on that it's a good definition it's one I hadn't hadn't thought of but I think it's a good definition all right so the headline for that ladies and gentlemen what is a constitutional conservative is it just simply the rejection of socialism and the progressive movement, or is it more? It's kind of the headline that I have, because I say it's a whole lot more. You know, we got a lot to discuss. I want to talk about history and how it affects today's world, because that's one of the real points that your podcast hits on, right, Dale? Yes, it is, and the way history affects us is if the, the, the country, this world that forgets its history has no future that's how it, and it affects us directly um, a good example is in World War, uh, the Civil War President Lincoln 
tried to get a graduated income tax passed, and it was declared unconstitutional. In 1913, with President Wilson, he got a constitutional amendment to give us a graduated income tax. And it was never, never going to go more than 7% and would affect only the rich. This was said in 1913. What are you hearing today? It's only going to affect the rich and it'll never go above X amount of dollars, a percentage rate of your income. But it's already at 90-some percent for some people. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You read in the Bible that taxes were grievous to be born, and they didn't, they weren't taxed near like we're taxed. I mean, talk about no. grievous to be born. Woo-wee! Yeah. And we can go, like I said, we can go clear back to the Civil War and find out about these income taxes and look what Lincoln tried to do and got slapped down. Wilson was got a constitutional amendment passed and ratified in record time on the promise that it would never go above 7% and would affect only the rich. The rich back then made $3,000 a year. Wow. So, Taxes certainly are progressive. They're certainly unconstitutional. They literally tried, tried, tried throughout history uh, to force this progressive agenda on us. Uh, we rejected it many, many times and wise to do so, but we finally caved their persistence, paid off. Man, our prayers are that we were so persistent, huh, Dale? Yes. Income tax or the, uh, any kind of tax actually is not only unconstitutional. You know how the government supported itself prior to the income tax? It's so bad. Uh, they, they had apportionment taxes, uh, number one, uh, yeah. and then they also had tariffs at the border, uh, basically right. saying, hey, if you want to play in the greatest economy in the world, by all means, come on in. Maybe take your coat off. But it wasn't on the backs of the American people, that's for sure. No, and they sold a lot of their land, especially around the railroads, and that's where Andrew Jackson got all his money and his corruption from, was selling land around the railroads when he was president. Well, speaking of taxes, it gets more abusive as time goes on. Headline says, uh, IRS now outsources what's called online security to a private company. They're going to now require video selfies. Those will be required for some online functions by this summer <laughs> ladies and gentlemen they're getting out of control we gotta push back and put a stop to this hang tight ladies and gentlemen dale hutchinson with me extended incredible interview on your radio his website coffee-time-again.com why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? 
in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. The Dale Hutchinson special extended interview continued. Dale's a podcaster in his own right, ladies and gentlemen. Coffee-time-again.com, check it out. We're talking about what's a constitutional conservative. Is it simply the rejection of socialism and the progressive movement, or is it more? I submit that it's much more. We turn to God Almighty is the unique key the founders understood and embraced and that we need to continue with if we want our liberty to remain, ladies and gentlemen. How does history affect today's world? Wow, it repeats itself, number one. <laughs> number two, you can look back at it and make sure we don't make the same mistakes they made then. We can also look at the successes of history and do our very best to double down, triple down, quadruple down, and repeat them. The IRS outsources what they call online security to a private company. They say video selfies will be required for some online functions this summer. we got to stop them. Folks, they're out of control. Do you want to be forced to do a video selfie to the IRS? I think not, ladies and gentlemen. I think not indeed. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about this headline, too, with Dale. And I want to get his take on this. Headline says this. Doomsday clock is staying very close to doom. Whoa. The world remains struck in a very, uh, stuck in a very extreme, dangerous moment, they say. It's 100 seconds to midnight. Midnight's doomsday, if you will. Uh, and my response, uh, I'll get to in just a second on this, but folks, that's what they're saying. I didn't know it was doom time. I mean, I've heard it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and I've heard it's beer 30, and I've heard all these weird things. But folks, <laughs> I didn't know that it was doom time. Uh, 100 seconds to doom time, they claim. Uh, Dale, your response first, and then I'll give you my take on this. Well, the Doomsday Clock is, was created back during the Cold War. And it, just how close are we to nuclear war? And right now it's saying 100 seconds away, and most of that's because of the strife in the, on the Ukrainian-Russian border. And Putin's reaction to it is just absolutely, in, irreversibly, inconsiderable wrong. He needs to take, like, like uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, carry speak softly but carry a big stick. We no longer have a big stick. He's deflated the, the uh, military to the point that they're almost ineffectual. And that's my take, and being so close to the doomsday. And, and it scares the living Jesus out of me, if the truth be told. I don't mean to phrase it that way, but it does scare me that we're that close to the doomsday clock. And I think that all comes from the Ukrainian 
biggest biggest issues with Ukraine, but our biggest worry is China. Even though the Ukraine's a big story, China and I, the close ties Biden has with China is just sickening, in my opinion. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we got to take a page out of the historical playbook of the founding fathers here for a second. They uh, really wisely warned, and the greatest general in my mind in American history, uh, General George Washington. His view was, and the American founding fathers' view was, you know what? Let's um, avoid these foreign entanglements like the plague. As you mentioned, let's walk softly and carry a big stick. Let's prepare for war so that we're ready if it comes upon us unwarranted, undesired. But let's not agitate. Let's not, uh, you know, stick our nose where it doesn't belong. Let's have a humble uh, foreign policy. And that's what the Republicans advocate for on the campaign trail. That's not what they do when they get in power, sadly, sometimes. But, folks... We have got to take a step back from this. My comment when they say the doomsday clock is staying very close to doom, the world's in a very uh, difficult place, I agree that it's true. I also agree, though, that you cannot double down and fearmonger, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta have more trust in we the people and in the American dream and vision, and you gotta have more trust in God than that. Yes, we're there, but why are we there, and what can we do to back away from there? And that's really, in my mind, what we need to focus on rather than painting a headline like this and doubling down into the fear um, you know narrative why don't we double down into the hope and faith that you know what we can back away uh, that we can uh, allow appropriate talks and leadership uh, and, and diplomatic relations uh, move forward why don't we teach that you know you can learn how to get along with friends and influence people in meaningful ways but you can't do it by force you can't do it by mandate. You can't do it saying, hey, man, I'm the big guy on the block. You listen to me. Sit down. Shut up. That ain't going to work. You're not going to do it that way. Now, I'm not saying these people are polite, good people that we should just run around and have, you know, crumpets and tea with. I'm not saying that. But I am saying there's a lot to negotiation, a lot to the humble foreign policy of George Washington, a lot to um, understand that if we're not careful, we create this CIA documented principle called blowback. You gotta be very careful here and you gotta lead by example and lead with love and lead with patience. Uh, and you need leadership there. Really is the, is the takeaway. The fear mongering has gotta stop, Dale. Well, to a certain degree, I agree with you. The fear mongering has to stop because the more we rattle sabers, the more they rattle sabers. And pretty soon somebody's gonna go off half cocked and we got a World War Three on our hands. But do you know when the first Gulf War was? Oh, early 90s? 1803. Okay. President Thomas Jefferson sent the Marines over to um, the capital of Iran, Iraq, because they were having trouble with radical Muslims, and it took him 13 years. And that's where this entanglement started. Of course, we had treaties with uh, Britain, trade agreements with Britain and France at the time. That was principally George, um, Benjamin Franklin's doing with France, getting trade agreements because he was ambassador to France at the time. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You learned something uh, about history and from history every day. Uh, this has been an ongoing battle, and the problem is you're not going to solve the world's problems by 3 o'clock. The problem is you're not going to do well by getting in, in, engaged in every conflict. Uh, this humble foreign policy, I get that you got to defend our borders and defend our nation's interests. I get that, and I accept that. 
But there's a term called just war that you got to understand too. And most of the time we're on the unjust side of the discussion. Uh, sadly but true, Dale. Sadly but true, we've never won a war since World War II. We've watched every war since World War II. And I'm not sure we won World War II either, necessarily. Well, I'm not, I'm not so sure either sometimes myself when I look at the economy of the world. The thing is, we've lost the wars due to politics, due to not obeying the Constitution. They were political That's right. wars, especially Vietnam was totally political. All right, so, the world remains stuck in a very dangerous moment, they say. Doomsday right. clock is staying close to doom. I understand that, but I think the first way we solve this is we jettison the fear-mongering. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything and that we think China's great. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we're not going to do any good by provoking these other um, uh, interests that uh, may have a whole lot less moral compass than we have and those groups who may... Um, you know, take things to the next level to make a point or uh, not thinking through it properly. We need to be the cool heads here, folks, is the main point that I'm getting at. And I'm just telling you right now to run these doomsday clock discussions just aren't really helpful because they're no. subjective. You know, the doomsday clock could be really close, could be far away. Only God knows. But what we can do is control our actions and not peddle fear, peddle faith, not peddle discouragement, peddle hope, promote hope. And we got to do that, whether it be the COVID, whether it be war, whether it be... Um, you know, global warming, you know, whether you agree or disagree on that, we, we've got to take a step back. And the reason that I highlight this so much, Dale, is because I believe that the uh, mental health, the mental health of our nations at stake over some of these things, too. People are in panic on every front. I agree. People are in panic on every front. The big headline, even I, I don't watch the news. I don't watch television hardly at all. But I knew about the doomsday clock. That's how much they put it out there. That's that fear mongering. They want us kept in fear. That's one of the ways they control us. That's how the government, one of the major ways that we are controlled by our government is through fear. You know, as uh, Roosevelt said, Franklin Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. I guess that was Churchill that said that. I'm sorry. Churchill said that. And that's true. And we're being controlled through our governments from national to local with fear ladies and gentlemen one of the big topics too is this human trafficking we hear so much on the border so much around the world about human trafficking and this is a serious 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 issue i don't mean to be doomsday on the issue and i don't mean to peddle fear but i do need to really highlight this is something that we better get a handle on because sadly uh it's getting much worse it's getting more uh, abusive more hostile uh, more well-funded, more highly organized than it's ever been before. And we better take this topic uh, seriously as well. Uh, I don't want to paint fear around it. I do want to point to education regarding it. Dale? I totally agree with you on that. Human trafficking. All right, hang Absolutely. on. When we get back, sorry to okay. feed it to you right at the pause. Let me take a quick pause. We'll come right back and give you plenty of time to respond. Dale Hutchinson with us, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible topics on your radio, huh? You are listening to the one and only... Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Winter weather is still affecting the east as for the second weekend in a row, a huge winter storm has rolled its way through the Carolinas. John Millwood is a Clinton, South Carolina resident who says he's never seen the region get that kind of winter weather before. Very unusual. Very unusual. Like I said, I'm 54 and I've never seen weather like this in quite a long time. Federal authorities officially declaring last week's hostage standoff at a Texas synagogue an act of terrorism. The assistant to the president for Homeland Security, Jill Sanborn, says the FBI is treating that standoff as an act of terrorism that targeted the Jewish community. Sanborn made the comment yesterday on a conference call with reporters. Malik Akram last week took four people hostage at Congregation Beth Israel near Fort Worth before he was fatally shot by law enforcement. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot. It's official. Inflation is at its highest level since the 1980s, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. What most people don't know is that it's actually much worse. Inflation may be higher now than the 1980s since the new measurements exclude food and energy. Gas prices up 58%, energy up 33%. What can you do about it? Protect yourself and your family. Only gold, silver, and other hard assets give you true protection. My friends at Tangible Investments guarantee the absolute lowest prices on precious metals. Check them out at TII1.com or call 800-384-41. Tangible Investments has 40 years of experience and billions, that's with a B, billions in transactions. Call 800-384-41 if you want help with gold, silver, platinum. They guarantee you the best prices plus excellent service. Call Tangible Investments now, 800-384-41 or visit TII1.com. They also provide free verbal appraisals. The U.S. Supreme Court says it will revisit a 2020 decision concerning a native land dispute in Oklahoma. Reports are justices will consider limiting the court's decision in McGirt v. Oklahoma, which ruled that a large part of that state's eastern region was an Indian reservation. While they said that they won't overturn the ruling, the justices said they will look at the state's ability to prosecute crimes that happen on native land, and the case will be argued in April. A story labeled Truck Full of Monkeys, Pennsylvania authorities are searching for loose primates after a dump truck collided with a truck full of monkeys. No human injuries reported after the truck that was carrying about 100 monkeys crashed on Route 54 in Montour County on Friday night. Troopers say at least three of the animals got loose after the crash, and they're still at large. Reports are that truck was on its way to an area laboratory before the collision. This is USA Radio News. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest riding shotgun on the show today, Dale Hutchinson. The Dale Hutchinson wide-ranging special extended interview continued, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about a lot of topics, aren't we? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the importance of real education in America. We're talking about the serious issue of human trafficking. You were saying, Dale? It's getting so prevalent, it's doubling in profits every year. It's multi-billion dollar. And the people think, well, it's just women that are trafficking. No, they're trafficking boys and men, too, to work as slaves. And in the sex trade as well, men and boys in the sex trade as well as women and girls. 
and they're coming across our borders, our open borders, by the hundreds. And they're going out of our country. They're being taken, our children and family and friends are being taken for export to other countries. So it's a two-way street, and it's going right through our southern border. And some of us actually going through our northern border as well. You know, everybody hears about the southern border, but nobody pays attention to what's going up on the northern border. And they're coming through that way, and they're going out that way. So human trafficking is, is, is absolutely, in my opinion, the most horrendous thing you can do to a human being. And we need to stop it. And we stop it by educating our families, our friends. We stop it by interdiction. We stop it by closing the border and looking at these. You hear these unaccompanied minors coming over, and they're not unaccompanied. They're just being watched very closely by somebody from to make sure they make it so they can be trafficked. Ladies and gentlemen, it's scary. It's concerning. It's something that we must not take lightly. It's something that we need to turn to God for guidance on. Something that we need to go to the work, go to work, ladies and gentlemen, every one of us to stop. It's not something that we can just shake our head and go, oh, that's, that's horrible, and then let somebody else solve the problem. It's something that we need to literally get involved in. Real education about this is critical and key. So ladies and gentlemen, on Dale's podcast, coffee-time-again.com, he talks about some of these hard-hitting topics. You know, the importance of real education in America, the serious issue of human trafficking. Um, we talk uh, about history. How does history affect today's world? Uh, you know, what is a constitutional conservative? Uh, the uh, re relative reality of history and how it affects us today. Um, but he also takes on lighter topics, too. What is your what of your currently published topics is your biggest passion, would you say, Dale? The current published one that I have is my interview with uh, Douglas Hughes. Uh, it's a not video. It's an hour long, but I've got one coming up on uh, capitalism. On uh, capitalism, I did one on socialism. Now I'm doing one on capitalism, and that's my current passion is to get that one published. And all I got to do is learn how to read it so I don't make any mistakes and get it recorded and uploaded because it's very important that we look at capitalism and how it's been since before our country was a country, going back to the Mayflower, and how capitalism has built this country. And what are we talking about, these people complaining about these rich people, you know, oh, they got all that money, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, have you ever taken a job from a poor man? <laughs> Think about that. I, the only job I ever took from a poor man was myself, and that was doing this podcast. <laughs> All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You also asked the question, why move to Belize, right? Yeah. Belize is an interesting... I've been studying Belize since 2014, and it's an interesting country. It's English-speaking. It's a socialist country. Don't get me wrong, and it's a third-world country, very third-world country. But it's got some beautiful scenery. It's got some wonderful people. I know I've met some people from Belize. Uh, I've talked to them. And they're wonderful, wonderful people. Very friendly, very outgoing. The economy is stable. It's pegged at, the exchange rate is pegged at two to one. It means it never fluctuates. It always stays the same. The official language is English because it was a British colony and is now part of the British crown, the Commonwealth of Nations, they call it. 
kind of like Australia and Canada are. You know, the head of state's the Queen of England, but they got a prime minister in the parliament. It's just a small population, 3,000 or 3, 500, something like 3,500, I think it is. I don't, 35,000, sorry, I'll get it right here in a minute. So it's just a wonderful place to go. Go for a visit, and I'm going to move down there sooner or later. Wow. Uh, can you, is it a lot less expensive in Belize? Oh, yes, two to one. It's half the cost. One U.S. dollar equals two Belize dollars. And the exchange rate is paid. It doesn't go anyplace. It stays at two to one. It doesn't move. So when you, you go to Costa Rica, you hear a lot about Costa Rica, people moving there, where their exchange rate fluctuates so much you can never know what it's going to cost you. In Belize, you know. Two to one. All right, why move to Belize? A great question. I personally want to stay in America because America has the Constitution. Yeah. The, uh, although we got a lot of problems in America, I get it because we're turning away from the principles that made America great. But we have the seeds for solution is what I like to say. We have the answers here. I, I want to stay in the, in, in the greatest, freest country on the planet. Well, you said I was at the beginning. I was 71. Well, I turned 72 here short class Thursday. Well, happy old. birthday, sir. Thank you. And I'm getting to the point where, uh, you know, I need a chance to just relax and not have to fight every time I turn around. I don't want to fight the weather here in Colorado. I'm getting tired. I'm getting old. I need a place I can go relax. Have a cup, go downtown and have a cup of coffee and sit on the veranda and watch the people. You want to have coffee time again in Belize, don't you? Yes, I do. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, his podcast is fascinating. Uh, you were mentioning to me uh, when I called you, I, I, I always call a lot of our guests and talk to them a little bit uh, before I bring them on the air. And the reason that I do that is because it helps me actually be educated and help them get out the word, help them tell their story, help them. Uh, and the more I know about them and the more I am kind of learn about them and who they are and what they do, uh, there's a uniqueness to that that you can't get if you don't talk to your guests ahead of time. So anyway, I always do this due diligence because I, I believe there's a difference between the good and the great broadcasters. And the difference is how much work they do on the ground, right, beforehand. It's like a good sports reporter. The more they know about the stats and the more they do their digging and the more prepared they are, the better off the job they do. Anyway, I digress, except to say that when I called Dale ahead of time, he mentioned that he was getting ready to do a podcast on, what was that, something to do with flight, right? Uh, yes, that's the one with Douglas Hughes. And he flew a gyrocopter from Gettysburg to the Capitol building and landed on the line with 535 letters for the members of Congress to get the corruption out of, get the money out of Congress and how to do it. And that's that podcast I wow. talked about with Douglas Hughes. And he made that and then happened back in 2015 that he did this, right? April 15th, 2015, yes. And it made national news back then, but it's since kind of faded out like the government's trying not to keep a tamp down on what he wants to. He's got an excellent plan. I suggest you listen to it. I don't want to go into it because that's his bailiwick, but Douglas Hughes has got an excellent plan on how to bring K Street at PAX out of politics. In case you don't know, K Street is where all the lobbyists stay, work out of K Street in Washington, D.C., which is across the street from the Capitol. So they only have to walk over to the Capitol building to talk to these congressmen. They don't actually outright bribe anymore. That doesn't happen much. But they're bribing our congressmen and our senators. 
a lot of different yeah, ways. Yeah, they usually just do kind of the lobby plan. Let's just smooth right. and hang out and talk. And uh, believe it or not, it's a serious, serious issue. Uh, yes. That most people don't know, uh, you know, a lot about. They don't realize how much money really flows. They don't realize uh, what it really consists of. And it's, it's consistent and it's expensive and it really creates compromise, folks. Believe it or not, Amazon, for example, and Facebook parent company now called Meta spent more money in 2021 lobbying lawmakers and officials more so than any prior year. That's according to what they call lobby disclosure filings, ladies and gentlemen. Now listen, Amazon spent $20.3 million on lobbying. Think about that. Yeah, I That's didn't a know lot that. of money. I didn't know and how they much. They say the th- figures are huge, but you got $20 million in one year alone by Amazon. Uh, and then let's see, how much is it? Oh, while well, Meta... I guess uh, Meta spent twenty million also. Yeah. So you look at that and you go, oh, twenty point three by one company, twenty point one million by the other company. So forty million dollars on lobbying between those two companies alone. Yes. To make the point, the numbers are shocking. Uh, is the point All right? When we come back. I want to talk more about uh, Dale's podcast. He talks about this incredible flight that was done by this gyrocopter. Uh, and it was done for really to try to get press coverage to highlight the importance of these issues back in 2015. Incredible interview. We don't want to cover the interview. We want to tease the topic. So you to go to coffee-time-again.com and you can listen to the whole thing. We want to tease the interview here and point you there. How's that? Quick pause. More in seconds on radio. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, you're a governor. Good old Brad Little violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Dale Hutchinson, wide-ranging special two-hour interview continues, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about a gyrocopter flown uh, to the Capitol 2015 to highlight. It was on, what, April 15th, 2015 tax day to kind of highlight the corruption of bureaucrats and professional do-gooders, ladies and gentlemen. Great interview about that on Dale's website, uh, promoting his podcast at coffee-time-again.com. But Amazon and parent company for Facebook called Meta spent more this or last year, 2021, lobbying lawmakers and officials than any year before. Literally $20.3 million and $20.1 million respectively. Those two companies, $40 million alone, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, a shame that is, uh, and uh, it highlights that. Anyway, check out that podcast uh, that Dale did with Doug. At coffee-time-again.com. And I want to talk about this American Airlines flight. It's a headline. Here's what the headline says. American Airlines flight returns to Florida after woman refuses to mask up. Flight to London ends up back in Miami. I guess the lady did not get arrested, but she's banned from flying on American Airlines going forward until they get this resolved. All the other passengers had to book other flights and everything else to try to get to London. I mean, this is disaster on steroids, folks. This is crazy. You're letting the unique battle about masks, whether they're safe or effective or not, whether you should be forced to wear them or not, discussions, all these political realities spilling into uh, people's lives in, in very destructive ways that just genders anger and frustration and turmoil and division. It's disaster, folks. Now, I don't care how you feel about masks. I'm against forced masks. I'm all for anybody who wants to wear a mask or not. I'm all for your agency. I'm just not for the force plan. I find that doesn't work out. Force doesn't work out very well. That's Satan's plan. Nevertheless, I I bring this up because all the other passengers' lives were extremely disrupted. And I got a question. Why does being back in Miami, why is that a better plan than just finishing and going to London and then escorting this lady off the plane or whatever else, doing with her whatever you want to do? Fine. Uh, But why turn the plane around and just take everybody back. I don't see how that solves anything, Dale. It doesn't solve a thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. It cost the cost alone, not just to the airline, but to the people who had to book other flights may have had to pay extra money to get that flight to, to London. And they would why disrupt 100, 120 other people for one person? I'm with you. I'm against forced masking and mandated masking. And by the way, so is the Supreme Court. Uh, and a federal judge also just, just yesterday blocked the federal government's having to mask. So even the courts are against forced masking, and it sounds right to me. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. Be my guest. I don't want to. I do, because it, I'm a law-abiding citizen. But 
I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And it cost American Airlines a lot of money to turn that plane around. It costs a lot of money to do that. But it's in ridiculous. my mind, even beyond the money that it cost, though, what about the disruption of all these people's lives? I don't know if yeah. they were going to weddings in London or if they had business meetings in London. or you know, I don't know what their personal life narratives uh, relate to. But look, these people wanted to be where they were, and then they got all stopped, all turned around, all big old hassle, had to reschedule flights, get there late. Yeah, I, flight to I, I London ends you. up back in Miami. What a just unnecessary disruption! And what do we accomplish? Nothing. The only thing we, we accomplished accom- is this this dishonest rhetoric that says you will we, you will wear a mask or else. Now everybody's afraid to, to not wear a mask because they're afraid if they push back on that that it'll disrupt so many other lives they don't dare do it. It's this narrative of force that I'm rejecting, Dale. Yes, I'm agreeing with you on that too. That we're forced to wear our mandates that. You know, we're forced to wear a mask, and how effective they are, how effective they are, is beyond, is absolutely beyond me. But the point is, we're being forced to do something by our government for no good reason, in my opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, this force is what I'm rejecting here, yes, and the authority to force, I'm even questioning. Uh, more than even the force itself. Where does this authority come from? We the people, according to the Declaration of Independence, never gave our consent. You know, they derive their just power from the consent of the governed is the uh, phrase from the Declaration of Independence. I don't see how we gave consent to this at all. Now, I got an email from the Tenth Amendment Center, uh, some of our good friends over there that I wanted to highlight and mention too before we round out the hour with our incredible guest, Dale Hutchinson, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to highlight this headline. Here it is. Nullify federal gun control status report. Okay, we've got to nullify now, ladies and gentlemen, these federal gun control discussions. Uh, whether you're for guns isn't the point. You've got to nullify now federal gun control. We have authority to do this, ladies and gentlemen, and we must step up now. Whether you agree that we should have guns or not, it is the law of the land. Don't let them circumvent the law without authority uh, is really the takeaway on this one, Dale. Uh, the takeaway is the Tenth Amendment says all powers not given to the government by this document belong to the people. So we do have the power to stop it, like you said, according to the Constitution of the Tenth Amendment. And the, the important part about the Second Amendment, which I'm, I'm not a gun owner, but I don't begrudge anybody who owns guns. However, the last four words of the Second Amendment are the key operative words here. Shall not be infringed, which makes every gun law unconstitutional. Every one of them. All right, let me highlight the consistency. Let me highlight the consistency that you're delivering here, Dale. What did you just say about guns? All the laws against... Gun control, all gun control laws are unconstitutional. All right, now you were saying that you're really not for guns, right? No, I'm not against guns. I'm not for guns. Okay, so understand, and here's why I'm pointing out the consistency, ladies and gentlemen. He understands that whether he's for guns or not, that it's the law of the land. And it's up to agency and individuals. And it's about our God-given inalienable right of self-defense that's at discussion here. How you feel about going about that's your own deal. But... Understand the law, the constitutional law 
of the supreme law of our land says, hey, you have a right to keep and bear arms, and that right will not be infringed. So I'm pointing out how consistent Dale is uh, in his understanding here, because that's what we need is people who consistently apply principles, Dale. Yes, absolutely. They've got to apply the principles. They've got to have a set of principles and then follow them themselves, and they get those principles through God. All right, before we end the hour, I want to know if you have any predictions for 2022. Uh, I basically am highlighting this term called Operation Truth Tellers. That's guys like me and you that can agree to disagree when we do, but can work together on so many other issues. But my predictions for 2022 is Operation Truth Tellers. Uh, and our greater numbers will hold the government that will force the truth and reject the deception of the federal government in bed with the dishonest media. That's what I predict for 2022. We're holding them to account like nobody's business, Dale. Good, because we need to. That's the reason that I exist as my podcast. That's the reason you exist in your podcast is to get the truth out there so people can have a choice. And the choice they make of where we're going to be. And my prediction is that the people will find the truth and the truth of the government's corrupt and do something about it, starting at the top and working its way down to the bottom. I mean, at the precinct level, in the counties and precincts, there's corruption. And the people in USA, truth-sayers, will prevail. Ladies and gentlemen, our greater numbers will be the key here. There's more of us than there are of them. Never forget that reality, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe what I'm calling it Operation Truth Tellers, where we're all telling the tale of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. And our greater numbers as truth tellers will force the truth and will reject the deceptive narrative of the government in bed with the dishonest media. That's what my prediction is for 2022. What's your prediction, Dale? Any predictions? No, I, no, I don't have any predictions, really. I don't particularly, you know, trust my own predictions because I've been wrong so many times that I just don't have any. I have expectations that will will we'll prevail. How about your hopes then for 2022? Let's talk about that for a minute. My hopes for 2022 is that we have a year that this stuff about COVID ends. You know, that they get rid of the, they're not going to get rid of the, the Spanish flu is still here from uh, 1913. So COVID's going to be around forever. It's it's, It's an avian flu. It's a bird flu. Come from bats. And they're around forever. But we need to get away from the fear because the flu, the actual influenza flu, killed more people than COVID did in 2020. Or 2021, I'm sorry. You can't find numbers unless you really dig deep, but they're there. But the influenza killed more people and more children than COVID. Where, and there's even important information now showing that the vaccines, believe it or not, are killing more people than the COVID did as well. Uh, the government um, database, uh, the VARS database or whatever, shows 21,000 people dead from vaccines. But really, experts now in the field and at collegiate uh, institutions and everything else are saying that it's 20 times that. That'll be 400 plus thousand. Uh, and then furthermore, we're getting more and more evidence around the world that the vaccines are really creating death and destruction as well. So again, whether you agree with the vaccines or not, folks, is not the important point. The important point is agency, letting people, self-determining people decide for themselves. 
uh, and understanding that these forced vaccinations have got to stop. Now, if you want to take the vaccine, if you do your due diligence and research uh, and you feel like vaccines are great, by all means, go ahead. But you need to let people decide for themselves. And the problem that we have is we don't we don't have a transparent discussion. Uh, we don't have a, a, a candid look into all sides of the discussions and the studies. We've been lied to um, for the last two years on this stuff, folks. And I demand uh, accountability and transparency. I demand that they release all the information so people, informed Americans, can decide for themselves. Uh, and then I think we need to back that. The courts are starting to back that, thank heavens, because Joe Biden's on a bender. It's got to be stopped. At the same time, there are answers, folks. And the answers lie in we the people. Final word to you, Dale. Final word to me is I'm against forced anything by the government. Whether it's vaccination or guns or whatever, I'm, I'm against it. We need to take our power back, and you're right, we have enough people to do it. We can take our power back under the Constitution and straighten this mess up and get back to the Constitution, get back to the checks and balances, and run this country the way it was supposed to be ran by our government. Ladies and gentlemen, the proper role of government is what we advocate for. Don't let them lie to you and teach that we're anti-government. That's a lie. We back the proper role of constitutional limited government, replete with checks and balances and a whole lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Hutchinson was our special two-hour extended interview guest. We are here to inform the public and you about how history is affecting us today. That's the premise of his podcast. You can learn more at... Uh, coffee-time-again. I had a great time with Coffee Time, and I don't even drink coffee. How do you like that? All right, there you go. Coffee Time Again with dashes. Coffee-timeagain.com to learn more. Thank you so much, Dale. Uh, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally to the cause. Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to all of you. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.